0: Ooh. All right. Good morning. Now we're live. Now we're yeah. recording.
1: Now we're so recording.
0: The agenda for today is... One second.
1: Yeah. yeah. One second. Of course. I want to just make sure one thing is happening because it just gave me a notification to say that the video no is not uploading, but then it looks like it is. So, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um.
0: So... We'll revisit this in case this recording doesn't go live, but in case this recording does go live, we are now experimenting with shorter format recordings that we're going to record a couple of times a week, as opposed to like one big massive recording on Mondays. So this might be the yeah. first version of that, or this might be the meeting where we talk about that. And the next time we do this is the first time we do it. And, you know, we're just, we're figuring this out as we go. We are yeah, I mean,
1: we're, millions, we're, millions of millions of listeners are just going to be like, that's right. You know. I don't know why there would be betrayal. less of you guys because right. what a betrayal. you're actually hoping there'd be more could be extended right. That's right, but what we're really doing is giving you more options to go to the buffet exactly and fill up your plate instead exactly. of just, you know, one one service right right because
0: certainly anyone that's talked to either up either of us for an extended period of time wants to tap out at some point right and we're right. giving I mean, there's the there's some
1: to... there's some probably some good therapy involved. Immediately after every conversation, yeah. yes. um, which therapists um, around the world are applauding. That's right. I'm super excited <laughs> that we're giving them lots <laughs> right, of business. That's right. that's right. We
0: are, we're an inflection point of increased therapy. We were like, <laughs> what happened here? I don't know. This podcast started around there and people started <laughs> to like really question everything they believe. It's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> um, so on my little micro agenda for today, as we mm. are racing towards Thanksgiving and, and really mm kudos to us i'm gonna give us a uh, like real solid pat on the back Ooh. but here we are like well nobody working. else is gonna
1: pat us on the back so you we know got to
0: but we're here working on the wednesday before thanksgiving i mean we are truly heroes well, the, again
1: uh you know you're assuming this is work <laughs> right. i like that that's i like right. that we've convinced you to that's consider right. this as work
0: <laughs> <laughs> right, right, right. that is that is that's the beginning of something really profound that i started to confuse this for work that's like some, like when they go back and they're looking at my case file, they're like, "This is around the time we started to talk about this thing as work. Like that was the beginning of this slippery slope, right there. Like this is a leading indicator of his journey into madness."
1: No, but there's actually there's a wonderful thing here because if you if you're investigating what makes work something you want to do, right? How you how you're motivated to do the things you want to do around work, right? At some point, work starts to feel like play and right. that that inflection point. And then yeah. somehow you look back and you go, Oh my God, I just did this thing. I wrote a book. I did a podcast. Right. I you know, created a company. I did whatever. Yeah. I don't know how that happened. I was just kind of rolling with it and I was having fun and yeah. I didn't even need to hit the snooze button. I just rolled out of bed and did and right. it. Yeah. I, I
0: totally agree. I think that that it, it, I'm remembering our podcast, two podcasts ago, we were, you were talking about like the measurable effect of play on learning and like, mm-hmm. just, you know, the, the, the real like scholarship that's gone into measuring that. And I, I agree. I think like that's the, that is part of the magic of working on the right things with the right people at the right time is there is like a playfulness is it, it makes it sound silly, but it's, really what it was like there was a like i remember vividly so like and honest to god like if someone makes a drinking game out of this podcast Mm -hmm. it would be every time joe fucking reminisces about happy cog
1: like yeah we're gonna call it the when we game when we and whenever you say when we
0: right yeah exactly that's like you get hammered it has to be like little tiny baby sips because if you're having like a whole shot of something you don't make it to the 30 minute yeah yeah but I, but I remember like enjoying working with that team so much that I like would feel guilty that Gwen was home with like three small children, or mm-hmm. I'd go on like a trip to go pitch something, mm-hmm. and it would be a blast. And mm-hmm. here I am like having a great time with people that I was friends with doing work, but like my poor wife is at home with three small children, and I'm out to like have a great barbecue dinner with like all the people I work with and having a great time. There's just like a I felt like a certain amount of like Catholic guilt that like <laughs> I was experiencing fun, but it was really into the guise of work and like. But had I been out to like a boring ass dinner with a bunch of jabronis I worked with that I wasn't crazy about, that was like a requirement of a job I wasn't nuts about, I wouldn't have felt guilty at all. Like I wouldn't have like well, for one minute.
1: Nah. No, I mean we've basically turned work into some kind of grind sport. Where right. um, and, and people like David Goggins and, and others have made it even worse because yeah. they, they're basically telling other men, because really that's their audience, yep. is if you don't feel like you just ran a marathon every day, you didn't really do anything. Right. And if you don't have a broken ankle yeah. at yeah. the end of the day, you yeah. haven't really pushed yourself hard yeah. enough. And if you don't get up in the next morning with the broken ankle and run narrow, another marathon with the injury. then you haven't worked hard enough. And that is really just an extension of that feeling that you have, which is if I'm not like sacrificing, compromising, and struggling, then I'm not actually working. Whereas in nature, when an animal is trying to learn a new thing, they don't learn it in a struggling way. They do it through play. Like if you've ever seen cubs, like lion cubs or whatever, learning how Mm. to hunt they're just fucking around, man. They're yeah, just yeah, like exactly. having a good time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and every now and then they actually realize that, whoa, this is actually kind of useful stuff. Right. Kind of, you know, the thing that I might need later on. Yeah. And, you know, I mean, the Scandinavians know this because their school system is designed like this. Even the Japanese mm. system is, they don't, have any, they don't have any exams until I think they're like, you know, in the fourth grade. Or mm. they, let's just learn how to be with each other. Let's just learn how to like hang around and enjoy each other's company and have fun. Mm. And then we can do the the more, you know, hardcore stuff a little bit later. Yeah. But everything that we need to do starts with this playful mindset. Yeah. And it should just stay there. And the longer you can maintain that, yeah, the more awesome it is. Because then yeah. like like I mean, I'm not I, I, I ride bikes. This is my thing. Like you mm. go to the gym, I ride bikes. Mm. And honestly, if it was just up to me, I wouldn't get on the bike.
2: Mm. But <laughs>
1: I know that there's mates <laughs> waiting for me right and they're waiting on the corner <laughs> and it's like you know 5 45 a.m and they've been waiting for five right. minutes i gotta get out there right and so it's see, it's a lot more fun to like hang out with people and do weird shit right than it is to be like oh i put this on you know my social media look what right. i did i just grinded out another like you know 100 miles yep nobody gives a fuck right I mean, your mom your mom might be like well done son you that's know, right good job. That's really, nobody cares. No. Nobody's like, my god, that Joe. Yeah. He did two fifty pounds this week on the bench break. it's Like, what a man!
0: Right? Nobody's nobody. coming around handing out merit badges. Like, nobody cares. Whatever you think that yeah, whatever you think is going to like reward is is coming your way. It's not the worst example of this is American football in the NFL
2: because,
0: mm-hmm. like, I follow the Eagles really closely, so I wind up being privy to all this stuff. And there's there's nothing I've ever experienced that is more up its own ass about the optics of hard work like this guy sleeps at the facility all week long and never sees
1: his fa- you coach fucking football like this is insane it's insane you're you're the guy that's in charge of a game totally and if you have to There's work this hard really. at that's it it's not a, like it's not a life or death thing it's just a new no. no fantasy and 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 It'd be different if you were Oppenheimer,
0: working night and day to save humanity at an inflection point in history. You're, you have to work this hard to be pretty good at football. Like you're a moron. Like that's that's <laughs> horrifying that you have to work this hard to be like a little bit above average at something this dumb. Like yeah. that's not good. That looks that's that never
1: poorly on Message was maybe Ted Lasso was really like, look, you don't need to be you know a hardcore yeah you know podcast listening idiot you can just be like show up and enjoy yourself like yeah have a relationship with yeah.
0: it and and there's and there's no reward in 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 sports culture for listen i got us where we needed to be in one move instead of 12 like let's go home like it's no it's like well if you got there in one move instead of 12 let's do 11 other things because like you know let's just keep this this grind, this like, you know, this this how much how proud we can be of ourselves that we, you know, worked ourselves to a nub. You know, the, you see interviews with guys who are like, Can I sleep two hours three hours a night? I sleep I only need three hours of sleep. I'm like like this is no, they don't. They're lying. this is madness. They're lying. So this is just like yeah. and, and there's just this there's nothing broier, nothing more masochistic than, you know, American football and all of the like support and infrastructure that like builds that stuff up to the top. It's really, I mean, to the point where I listened to a podcast about the Eagles, which, you know, is not uncommon. One of the podcast hosts is like this week, audibly sick, dealing with congestion, awfully sounds gross as he travels to Kansas city to sit in the rain and watch the game and come back. And he's still recording. It's like, dude, you sound disgusting. Who is this for? Like, please just take care of yourself you, you're an idiot like mm-hmm. you're an idiot if you think that like there's some value in you reflecting this grind core culture to these grind core ding dongs and like podcasting through a fucking cold if anything ever should be canceled it's a podcast recording like jesus christ <laughs> go get a nap. like what are you thinking but there is this like it is it's this it's it's very american it's very american yeah. to like To 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 make your identity, like, this guy works. My my favorite, one of my favorite lines.
1: Theater, right? So it's it is it it is identity for sure, and and that's like a whole bag of worms that we should talk about at some point. But the theater of it is: look at me, look at what I'm doing, look how hard I'm working. And the irony, of course, is that like for the most part, the people that are saying "look at me" and "look at what I'm creating" are in an insanely privileged position. Right, and they were like, oh, "I worked so hard." I'm like, "Dude, you're a white guy with right. rich parents and a right. university education. Right. You grew up in the safest country in the world. Like, eh, mm-hmm. I don't know if, like, I don't know if we should be listening to you. Like, right. I'm interested in hearing the story about the guy who didn't have any of those things. Yeah, and somehow kind of, you know, yeah. managed to 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 back the system and, and do something interesting. Yeah. Yeah, that's really interesting.
0: I, and the truth is, like." People that actually work incredibly hard don't have time to talk about how hard they work. Exactly.
1: Well, it's not like, the answer for them, right? Because they're too busy. Yeah. I and
0: mean, then this is like, you know, I can remember vividly, one of my best friends, his dad had two jobs. Like, he was too busy trying to get four hours of sleep between his next job mm-hmm. to talk about how hard he's working. Like mm-hmm. that, mm-hmm. that dude worked fucking hard. That there's a great line in So this is very timely because at Thanksgiving is when the Rinaldi family starts to watch Christmas movies because we oh. we withhold all year. Well, we like that, all any,
1: right. any good quotes from the Rinaldi? All right, TV? so
0: one of my favorite quotes is from Chevy Chase in Christmas Vacation. He's mm-hmm. just covered his light, his house in lights and they're mm-hmm. not going on. Mm-hmm. And he's out in the front lawn with his whole family and they're all disappointed. And the grandfather, the father-in-law, his, his father says, what a waste of effort. And his daughter comes to his defense and says well, he worked really hard on this grandpa. And the grandfather says, so do dishwashers. Like, oh, he goes, so do washing machines. And it's like, that's fucking right, man. Like, that's never been truer. Like, washing washing machines work really hard too, and nobody's coming around thanking them for, you know, the time they put in today or how hard <laughs> they work. Like, don't give yeah. me this, he worked really hard shit, because the lights yeah. aren't on. Yeah.
1: yeah. No, I think that, that's true. Like, anytime somebody's signaling, how good they are, how hard they've tried, how smart they are. Really, those are just projections of their insecurities, right? I mean, they're just trying to to fabricate some way of getting everybody to buy into it. Absolutely. Hey, this is is my image of myself. Absolutely. Uh, You know, that's really just a kind of a thin veneer over the the massive amount of insecurity and crap that I have. And I'm going to keep telling you this. Until hopefully you'll believe me, but yes. you know human beings are really amazing. They don't—they don't—they have, they have a, a you know a BS meter that's been
2: mm-hmm.
1: you know evolving for a long mm-hmm. time, mm-hmm. and you kind of get the, you you hear somebody talking like that and you go, huh? "Oh yeah, this doesn't make any sense." Yeah 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 yeah, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. This is a measurable. I, cu- I couldn't agree more. This is a measurable phenomenon. This is like when someone tells you how funny they are, they're not funny. When somebody <laughs> like tells you like about this attribute they have. It's like, Oh, this is like, now I'm at a point like maybe earlier in my life when I was younger, a kid, whatever, like I wasn't ready to kind of like parse that or, or look at that as like a warning sign. But next time somebody tells you they're a servant leader, they're one of history's true monsters. Like they're definitely projecting that. That is like anybody that's actually like, Aligned with some of the philosophies of like service leadership, servant leadership, all that kind of stuff, and never fucking talk about it for sure. Like they're
1: never well, like. This is, so this is the thing about writing this book that I'm writing now, which mm. currently is called the Gentle Leader, but mm. may evolve into something else. And the contrast, of course, is this gentle leader or compassionate leader versus the narcissist. Right. That, that's right. the the conversation. And like, yeah. here's the here's the problem that I'm having writing the book. Mm. The people that get the attention, the people that are on the stage of this self-created theater of of aggrandization and all the things that they they do, they are taking up all the oxygen in the room. And so they get all the social media coverage. They get all the newspaper and blog and blah, blah, blah coverage. And the people that are really working and doing very little to take any credit for themselves they're invisible and mm-hmm. so finding them has actually been quite an interesting mm. piece of research is asking people who's the person you know yeah. that nobody else knows who's right. the person that's doing really really good right.
0: work that's how and, you find them
1: right yep. and then slowly but surely you kind of you connect yep. the dots and they know somebody and but that's the iceberg right so the iceberg has this kind of like tippy top of yeah. of noisy yeah people and then the rest of them are just kind of getting to work and doing stuff yeah and there's a lovely um Truman quote which says, "I don't know butcher this, but it's something along the lines of, Think of all the things we could achieve if we gave credit to others mm. or if we didn't take credit for ourselves, or something like that like mm. the moment you say, Well, I did it, then it becomes confusing for everybody right it becomes mm. like it, it just reduces all that value that was yeah, and as you know, like nothing gets done by one person there is no." Right. The, the, the mythology of the individual genius does not exist. I mean, right. Not one, not one person did anything. No. And, you know, when, if, um what's his name, Walter Isaacson writes a, a book about you, you might think that, well, this, I've made it. I'm a <laughs> genius. But but beneath that is like, you know, the, the millions, the dozens, the thousands of oh, people yeah. whose, whose neck you had to oh, stand yeah. on in order to get stuff done. Absolutely. That's I
0: love that. I love that there's like, there's like life credentialing and the apex of life credentialing is Walter Isaacson writes a biography about you. Like, that's like, that is very true. That is like a, a very rare and specific club to belong to, but Isaacson's writing a book about Elon Musk right now and not, you yeah. know, may, and you might love him because he's South African. I don't I know. know. Maybe I that's like a not, whole, that. That. but there are a few people I think of in, in modern like culture, who feel like a right time, right place, standing on the shoulders of others, mistaken for Tony Stark, kind of goofball than Elon Musk. Like, and I think Elon Musk would would want you is is desperate for you to believe he is like a singular intelligence, a once in a generation, you know, Tony Stark, Albert. I, but I think he is a great example of somebody who is like just as much marketing as he is anything else. Oh well, like yeah,
1: it, I mean, we. I, I, I personally know people who've. Run his businesses for him. Okay, and and it's theater. Yeah, it's theater. I mean, I, yeah. the the quiet person who you've never even heard of that was literally running Tesla right at their absolute peak when they were right, you know, taking in a billion dollars in in uh, deposits right. for the Model Three, I think it was. Mm-hmm. That person you've never heard of, and you'll right. never hear, hear of that person because they they just have yeah. no interest in being yeah in the media. Yeah. Uh, my first investor was the same. He would uh, avoid the media like the plague because mm. he had this idea where, you know, on one axis you've got wealth, and then on the other axis you've got fame, mm. and you really never want to be like very famous with no money, because right. maybe that's because you murdered somebody or exactly. something. That like.
0: means that means you're Dillinger, right? You're yeah, <laughs> uh, exactly.
1: Yeah. Uh, and you certainly don't want to be very famous and very wealthy because that means you have lost all of your pri- right. privacy. I mean, I, right. I think it was, I was listening to an interview with Keanu Reeves or something like that. And he was like, look, I, I have no privacy. I can't, I right. can't even leave my house. Like, yeah. I hate the fact that I'm famous, which, yeah. you know, you might say, well, they chose that. Well, they kind of didn't choose it. Like they chose their craft right? and then this thing came with it. But where you really want to be on that axis is you want to have loads of wealth, Right, and nobody knows who you are. Well. And anonymity, yeah. Anonymity is fantastic because yeah. then you can do, you know, you can live a life. You can yeah. show up and be who you need to be without being yep. the thing that the theater has now okay. modeled you around, or the, yep. the characterizations that it, yep. that the media plays with your head yep. It says like, "Well, you're this person, yep. and you have to be that, this way."
0: Yep. I just heard Peyton Manning talk about this while watching football that he loves to ski now. Because with all the equipment you wear, you're anonymous. Yes. Like, yeah. he was on a ski lift with a kid yeah, who yeah. was wearing a Broncos jersey, Peyton Manning 11, and didn't know that he was talking to Peyton Manning until Peyton, of course, like, took his goggles off and blew the kid's mind. But, like, he just seeks out these kinds of activities. And, you know, when, when COVID was happening and people were wearing masks, like, there was something else I've heard, like, people talk about, like, the anonymity mm-hmm. of that was really welcome for some folks. I have a good mm-hmm. example of, like, a gentle leader that's, like, maybe – not completely accurate. So you would have to like check my facts here, but this is something I remember reading that when George Lucas made the first three star Wars movies, Mm -hmm. his wife was his editor. Okay. And she had a huge role in like honing things and, and editing things. And she was his wife. Like she Mm -hmm. was able to give him hard feedback and, and then they got divorced and then he's made a bunch of, like really schlocky, like Mm -hmm. involved, like bullshit since then. And this is somebody who seems like she's never quite gotten the full amount of credit due for the role she played in the early, you know, Star Wars movies and the, you know, the shaping of those. But that's like an example of somebody who probably had a much more profound impact on things than anyone, you know, no fame. No, no, like outward kind of uh, understanding of that, but somebody who's probably, I mean, this is true.
1: Like, nobody's going to do a Netflix special on Jacinda Arden or Angela Merkel, you know, because they're just not interesting. You know, there was no drama. There was no no scandal. Right. They're
0: not like scintillating. And did their job
1: and kind of, you know, went on their way. Yeah. Um, But, you know, we're, and that's just the world we live in, right? Because we're selling yeah. attention, we're selling eyeballs. Yeah. And every moment of every day is this battle to get our attention. I mean, we're doing the same thing. We're making a podcast so people will listen to us so that it's not just our, you know, echo chamber between you and I. <laughs> like, But, you know, we have to be conscious of that. That's like, there, yeah. there is good attention and, and where we put our attention is very important. Yeah. How we put our attention to work is the, the ultimate game now. Yeah, like this is... This is what it means. Like I'm working with a team now. And and the key consideration is what is the kind of conversation that we want to have? Mm-hmm. What's the audience that we want to be part of?
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And could we be high quality in that conversation so that we're having really, really good, meaningful conversations with a handful of people mm-hmm. versus let's try and like get every single eyeball that we can possibly get. Like that's, not the goal. The goal is let's be very, very clear about, you know, making sure we've got the right ten, twenty, thirty, forty people, yeah. whatever the number is. Yeah. Um and I think this is the, the the you know, the bigger issue here is in a world where it's noisy and there's lots of people yeah. and there's lots of people yeah. who are trying to get the, the you know the top rank of every single, you know, metric in terms of eyeballs or impressions yep. or what whatever the thing is. Yep it's 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 both difficult and easier now because of that like it's difficult to play that game with them you're never gonna yeah. be as you're never gonna go viral again right? Right, right 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 and even if you did go viral it'd be like for a hot second right a friend of mine just had a one of his um his instagram videos go viral like a million people thing and he's mm. like oh well that's weird but like he didn't intend it it was just like no. a weird thing that happened and, and then, to your point 10 years ago, that would have been like, how do I, if that's what everybody's burning out on, then where do, how do I zig when everybody's zagging? Like, where do I go to find that very intimate conversation?
0: Yep. Yep. There. Yeah. So real quick on that topic, I'm reminded of the, one of the, the creative directors at Happy Cog that I work with, who has the best name ever, Chris Society. I know
1: that's, I, every time you say that, I just like, he made that up. I mean, it's the best.
0: Like that was like, we won the, we won the project in the introductions because the guy's name was Chris cash dollar and the client was yeah. just like, so charmed by that. Um, but he was like, he was a good co-presenter with me because I would come in with a lot of Ted Lasso energy
2: mm-hmm.
0: and Chris's energy is very quiet. He has a very mm-hmm. like he is a, you have to lean forward to hear him kind of vibe. And that is to your point, like in a, in a situation where, you know, especially when like a client's being pitched by or meeting with a variety of agencies, And they're, you know, exhausted by that process, probably by the fourth conversation they've had, like, this is a very noisy, energy draining kind of dynamic that people get exposed to. And his secret recipe was like, just to kind of dial it down, be more thoughtful, you know, speak quietly, not not like whispering, but like, not as bombastic as I was. And he was like a tonic, you know, And, and, and people like, would lean forward to like hear him better and probably pay a hell of a lot more attention and get a lot more out of the interaction because he was zigging, you know, like when everybody else was kind of like broadcasting, 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 he was just talking. He was just Mm -hmm. kind of like conversing and it had a real, like I would see it in the room. You would see this kind of measurable effect of like, All of a sudden, people leaned into the table as opposed Mm -hmm. to leaning back. That person uncrossed their arms. This person, like you know, changed their posture a little bit. But there would just be this like magnetic effect of when he would kind of not get up and talk, even like sit, like talk while seated or whatever that was, who had like a real measurable effect in the moment.
1: Love that. This is um, so uh, one of the chapters that I ended up writing for the book is this idea of creating soft power versus Mm. hard power. Mm. And it's a political military term that's been used um for some time, but it's it started to be understood in the business context now as well. And that is so hard power is like military power. Like I've got a bigger gun than you. Right. You know, my my guy my dad's bigger than your dad kind of thing. And soft power and and even economic policies like sanctions and things like that Mm -hmm. could be hard power. It's like, well we're not going to give you any grain. Like we're we're going to stop sending you you know, beanie babies for the next 10 years. Like you better watch what you say. So then soft power is, is instead of like pushing or forcing or coercing people towards the goal that you want, it becomes attractive. So I'm assuming Chris had this like quality of like, he's attracting your attention to him by being attractive. Right. Not in the model sense, but in the, um, I don't know if this is the right word, but in a charming way, in a way that says, hey, look, I've got confidence in what I'm saying. Yeah, this is an interesting place to be where I live and who I am and what I stand for and the values that I have is interesting. Yeah. And well thought through. And that's attractive. So if you're a country, the way you make yourself a soft power is you make yourself very attractive. So you become like, you know, Copenhagen or, you know, you. Right, Amsterdam, or if you have, these cities that are like, wow, I want to live there. It seems so cool. You know, they don't right. have any pollution. They don't have any black like, right? You know, cars, and I can walk to everywhere. And right. it's like a fifteen minute city, and everybody's yeah. so nice and educated. And That's like attractive
0: the trade policies, and like that kind of like, ah, oh, like what a delight it is to do business with these people, or to have a yeah. cultural exchange with these people.
1: Yeah, I actually yeah. heard. Um, I think it was Scott Gallow- Galloway who said biden going to talk to the chinese is the biggest tax break that americans can ever get oh my god right Which is really an interesting way of thinking about totally. it and that's really what he's saying is here's sudden soft and hard power at work right. right so he's like there's different ways to do that but right. in, in the business context creating an attractive quality about your organization your team the way that you work is the work right so the work is signaling mm-hmm. that stuff and and mm-hmm. some companies do it really well they're like, Look, this is who we are, this is what right. we stand for. Right. These are the things that we don't want to do. Right. These are the things that we care about. Right. And and how they signal that in their marketing, how they signal that yep. in their sales conversations and all that stuff. That makes me think of IDEO yes. when you say that. Right? Yeah. Like well, as like, like an example.
0: The old IDO, not the old one IDEO. One right. the but like IDEO all. when they were in their heyday. Yeah. It yeah. feels like that's what they had right. It was like.
1: Yeah. Right. And and there are companies that go through those things where they have yep. Moments where they're really attractive and charming because they are very clear about who they are, what they stand for. Yeah. Their, their their values have been discussed, clarified, right. understood. Like everybody in the organization says, look, there's some things we're going to do and there's some things we're not going to do. Right. Like for us, we had a call from one of the big um, uh, uh, oil companies and they were like, We want you guys to do some work for us. And we were mm-hmm. like, sorry, we we are not gonna touch that. And I remember actually at an owner camp, we were sitting down with um I can't remember the name of the company, but they were talking about how they had done they were in Winston-Salem and they'd done a bunch of work for that kind of conglomerate sure. of cigarette manufacturers. And I asked, I said, you know, how does that make you feel? And they were right. like, well, you know, you know, business is business. And I was like, that's the kind of company I never want to work with. I don't want to have anything. And then not to kind of blow up anybody's spot, we found out later that that guy who had said that was actually having an affair, he was married with another married person at own And so I was like, oh, well, I guess that's that tracks, right? Because it's like, this person doesn't care about, they don't have ethics at all. <laughs> you Do you remember that story? I do, I do, I do, I do. And I was like, oh, that tracks. They, they, they they' they just have like you know their, their boundaries are different to mine, like they are like, well, yeah,
0: right whatever right you know? they're their, their 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 calculus is slightly different than my calculus that's okay <laughs> yeah. like I don't have to understand yeah. theirs but and I'm not my... saying that
1: you know I'm not saying that necessarily like they're a better right. or worse human being, but right. what I'm saying right. is like right. it's it became very very obvious to everybody in the room that, oh this person hasn't thought about this stuff, they haven't got right. like a foundation <laughs> right. and so there's nothing charming about them there's nothing attractive about them they're just right. like oh that guy you exactly know. whereas somebody else is like look i feel really strongly about this and and this is important for me and then this yeah. is why and this is why yeah. we have thought about it and this is how it actually shows up in the day-to-day of the work right then you're like oh yeah and yeah. that's okay to be divisive as well it's okay to be like look we stand for this and we don't yeah. stand for this yeah and that's fine like yeah. You don't want everybody to be on board. Like not everybody needs to be a fan, Like, Being everything to everybody isn't the way to go, but rather be like, look, we're going in this direction. Who wants to come up with, come with us? Great. The Donna party, you guys can go that way. Right. We'll we'll meet you there.
0: (laughs) Right. No, that's, yeah. Being open to business from everybody is a bad look that, that, that I, I, there's a term for what you're describing among the young people. Mm. And I've become aware of, which mm. is Riz. Are you familiar with the term Riz? <laughs> like that is kind of what we're talking about, right? Like it's that kind of, like, you wouldn't say charisma because that's too much. Like no. it's not really charisma we're talking it's, about. We're talking about this. like Legit Riz. Yeah, Legit, legit. Riz. Like there's like a, a vague kind of concept of Legit Riz where it's like, you can't quite put your finger on why the attraction's there. You can't quite quantify it. Yeah. There's like a, if you quantify it, it's an authentic. Like it's almost better when you can't, Put your finger on exactly why there's this appeal or whatever. That's where the value is. Yep. When people try too hard, they rarely get credit for having riz because they're 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 like too in the modern parlance, they're too sweaty. They're being a try yep. hard. They're being a sweat.
1: This so so what's really difficult for anybody who's kind of facing the world, right? So if you're a creator, an artist, an author, a salesperson, anybody who's like creating and, and putting your work out into the world, or facing the world on a regular basis, or as we used to say, going for a swim in the ocean of rejection every morning. If that's part <laughs> of your job, yeah. then what you have to realize is that when you create, when you when you show, when you explain what it is that you're doing, that half of the people are going to be like, wow, that's cool. I'm attracted to that. And then the, the other right. half are going to be like, no, I don't want any part of that. And they might have a like, strong opinion about it as well. Yep. And and it's actually necessary to do that because yeah. the way that we eventually got to a point, and and I think this comes a, sometimes with age as well. Like mm-hmm. sometimes it's like a, a I'll call it a wisdom, but it's really just like you start to realize like, well, I'm I'm not capable of making everybody happy. I'm not capable of bringing everybody right. on board with these particular ideas. Yeah. And so when let's say it's a, an Amazon review of a book or a, a critique of a, a piece of artwork or a conversation in a sales interaction. Mm-hmm. You need to also have, you know, equal parts mm-hmm. negative. Yep. Because if you don't have any negative feedback, then A, well that I mean feedback is always opportunity for growth. But yeah. you also need to know that you stand for something. Exactly. And some people are just going to say, look, Exactly. You're not for me. Right. Don't, for right. If you don't have that, you don't stand for enough. Like
0: you don't have your Positive attributes defined enough if your yep. expression of your positive attribute doesn't generate some amount of negative reaction.
1: Well, like, even if it's just your sales motion and you, you're, let's say your go to market is look, you want to be very, very attractive and charming to enterprise. Right. Well, that also means because you are attractive to that group or that category you are not going to be attractive to S&B. You're not going to be attracted right. to, you know, single shingle shop. Like, right. So if I'm out there selling something and, and I say, and somebody approaches me and says, look, I've got money to spend. And, yeah. and here's what I want to do. It's just yep. me and, you know, three guys over there. And I'm definitely want to be in, moving in the enterprise direction. Yep. I need to be able to say, I, I can't take your money because we're not for you, like this right. is not going to work, and they might say, like, "Well, that's not cool because we want to work with you, and we want to give right. you our money, and you might right. say, "Look, you can do that, but it's going to be a disappointing marriage right you you think that we're interesting and cool for you, but it's ultimately probably going to work out to be something else yeah and and it's better for us not to just take your money and then be disappointed later,
2: yeah,
1: um, and I think that's hard, it's really, really hard for salespeople. It's hard for artists it's hard for authors because they have to pick a lane yep uh, that's not the right term you have to pick a point of view right and you've got to go with it and you've got to invest in that yeah and then you've also got to be willing when those comments or reviews start coming in to understand that some of them are going to be this is crap like when yeah. we we wrote product leadership um, a couple of reviews were like well I don't understand why this is product leadership it could have just been a leadership book you know, one star. Good, good Lord. <laughs> that's... I mean, that's not quite as bad as the Amazon is charging us too much for this book. One star. I'm like, oh, Jesus Christ. What's that got to do with the review of the <laughs> book? <laughs> that's amazing. Oh, my yeah. God. That's horrible. Anyway, oh, so, shit. you know, the, the, the point being is being, <laughs> being attractive is the soft power. Being attractive right. is right. the way to cut through the noise, right? You've got this theater of noise Yeah, and and you need to stand for something. And the beautiful thing about the internet is that there's a category for everybody. Like if you want, yeah. if you're into some weird kink, yeah, there are a bunch of yeah. people, oh, wow, there's,
0: there's, man, right. There's a shocking number of people that subscribe like, and you would never yeah. guess. right. Yeah.
1: yeah. yeah. If, if you, if, I mean, I remember the first, do you remember when vice news first came out? Yeah. Uh, it was fantastic. They had, yeah the weirdest fucking shit, like yep. some news report from somewhere and you're like, yep. How Seen do you, stuff how you never thought even, you would see? Seeing like yeah, you know, unbelievable. Yep. Yeah. And then you were like, wait, this thing's been read by like a million people. Yeah. There are like a million people who are also interested in this weird thing. Yeah. And that was fascinating to me. Yep. And then of course they try to become everything to everybody. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Everybody's like, yeah, eh, yeah, yeah. Eh, they're just like box. They're just like, yeah, everything. totally.
0: Yeah. But yeah, I, I, I agree entirely. I think like, it, Yeah. I think that if for no other reason, it become you become a clearer thought when you have more of a distinct point of view, and that helps. It helps for you to be a clearer thought, for you to be a less ambiguous thing, for you to have a little yeah. bit more definition in my mind, so that I can like understand how to relate to this thing. When you're when you're too open for business, when you're too broad, when you're too accepting, when you're too everything for everyone, like then it becomes really hard to like figure out where you fit, what you're, what, 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 you know, what defines you. And then as a result, like it becomes a very slippery thing to hold on to, Like those things that have clear res, like more fidelity, more resolution. That's a clearer thing to hold on to. your brain purchases that better. And like it lodges it someplace when it's like, I don't really, it's like why mnemonic devices work, right? Like it's these things mm. that trick our brain to have like resonance with a, bigger concept through a smaller kind of point of entry allows mm-hmm. you to like map it and hold onto it better when there's not that like specific point of entry. You just, there's no handholds. There's no way to like yeah. grasp a big idea like that or, or any idea.
1: Well, and because we live in an era where having a persona or having a, a stage, having a following seems important maybe, and may be very important for some people. Mm. Um, there's there's two cautionary tales here. One is it's very easy for that to become your personality, oh, your yeah. identity, right? So what I say is my personality, yeah, you know, and then you end up being Andrew Tate, right? You just become some fucking useless piece of shit yeah. where yeah. you're so invested in being that, saying those things that you also become right. those things, right? Yeah, you're more brand than person now. <laughs> yeah. yeah, But unfortunately, you know, the 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 second caution to that is be aware of that. Be aware that like people will identify you by the things you say. Yeah. And one of the things you have to hold on to is the core of who you are, because the things that you might say today might change. Like, yeah. you know, 20 years ago, I might've said, well, just like, you know, the, the podcast the other day, Hey, hourly billing works great for us. And it seems to be the right yeah. way to do things. And I think it's fantastic. And then yeah. Ten years later, I was like, no, this is fraud. I can't do yeah. this anymore. Yeah. Uh, and I had to change my mind. Yeah. And and I think this is a really important thing is your core identity is not necessarily how you identify out in the world all the time. There are similarities. There's overlap. There's a v- mm. Venn diagram there. But you need to retain the authority to change and grow right. and yeah. become wiser and become yeah. more informed and, and say, I was wrong. Yeah. Like, yeah, I mean, I was wrong about almost everything in my life. Yeah, And I will probably be saying this in 20 years time. It was like, you know, I, I don't know. I didn't know enough. I didn't yep. understand enough. I didn't yep. have enough perspectives. So that's the, the hard thing is that it's important to have a point of view. Yeah, If you need to cut through the noise, at the same time, you also need to be able to say, I'm going to change. Yeah, I'm going to adapt. Yep. Yep. Because... I don't want to become a dinosaur. I don't want to be, you know, one of the, I mean, we've seen them There's a handful of people in our industry where, you know, they've stuck to a certain thing and they're going to, they're going to die on that mound. Yeah. yeah. And nothing is going to soften them or change them. And, and, and they just become irrelevant.
0: Yeah. But I think like as humans, we want to typecast people. Like our, our, our instinct is to kind of identify people and put them in a category. and, Kind of mm-hmm. be overly rigid about that, right? So that is the but danger not, of
1: that. Doesn't that, that just because that's true, which yes. I think it is, right? That doesn't mean you have to exactly acquiesce to that exactly. But I think you have to be
0: cognizant of that so that you understand, like, if you're gonna, if you're gonna, especially if you're gonna be a public figure mm. and you're gonna put a lot of things on tape or whatever that is, you know, whatever version of that is of being public, yeah. like, you have to be cognizant that like there is a. You're kind of swimming upstream against people's expectations as you change and evolve. And you have to make it clear that you've changed and evolved, that you've changed your mind, that your identity has shifted. Because you have to just realize that without that prompting, people think you are the person they met on the first day they met you forever. Like they will kind of just like identify you in yeah. that category and yeah. struggle to, to kind of change the variables and change the definition of you without being prompted. So you have to kind of just consciously prompt people right. to understand, you know, this is who I am now. This is how well, I've Well, you
1: also have to understand that you may lose connections. percent. hundred percent. There's that wonderful little thing where it's, um, you know, somebody's accusing somebody else. They say like, well, you've changed. Right. And, and the person responds like, isn't that the point? Right. Right. Yeah. So again, people are going to be projecting. Right, yeah. So they're projecting their disappointment that you're changing because right. they either can't change or they liked you the way you exactly. used to be. Exactly. And now you're something else. And they're like, yeah. well, I can't accept this. So I'm just going to say like, you're the bad person. You you right. should have stayed the way you are. And I've heard right. this actually fairly recently. I've had some a whole bunch of growing up moments in the last couple of years. Mm. And, and there are some people who just don't, who are like, you know, oh, well, you've become this way or you're this thing yeah. or you're that. And I'm like, huh. And I'm like, yeah, maybe I am. And I'm happy about it. Right. And that's okay. Because I'm the one who has to live with myself. I don't really need to bring everybody along with me. Yes. You don't. Um, And, you know, that's just hard. It's like, it's.
0: No, this is, this is why, you know. This is why it's hard to maintain friendships with people that you were friends with in college or in high school or as children. This is why it's hard to maintain a marriage sometimes for people because yeah. people just change. And you know, like that there's there's a a version of divorce that happens because two people just don't change enough. They change too independent from one another. One person changes, the other one doesn't. Like it is one of the miracles of of me being married for 20 years is that as much as Gwen and I have changed over the years, mm. like we've kind of changed, we've changed, you know, at the same pace, but kind of not the same and different, like we've just made the ways we've chained work over that amount of time. Mm-hmm. And we've been really lucky that like, that worked to our advantage and we worked hard at it at the same time, but we were also pretty lucky. Like it's it's a combination of both of those things. And some people aren't that fortunate, but that's like, I see it with my college friends. Like I love them dearly. There was a, you know, we we were, forged at this time when we were young and needed one another. And there's a bond there that will always be there. And there is a gradient among those guys. Some of those guys have changed a lot since then. Some of those guys are like really rooted in that identity and want to stick to that. And that's, and there is then like some amount of affinity and friction among that group of people where it's like, some people are cranky about how much that person changed. And some people are cranky that that person's still stuck in their ways. And there is just a human dynamic of like, change being a persistent thing and some people like working really hard to resist that it's fascinating
1: friend and i think this is of all relationships. this is marriages this is you know work relationships is that if you assume that people are going to change and are going to evolve mostly for the better by the way right i mean there are always exceptions but mostly people are trying to be better they're trying to advance, yep. you know, what they know about themselves and what they know about others, um, especially in this day and age where we are so aware of it, where we yep. do, you know, we, we all have had an opportunity to get some therapy or therapeutic kind of conversations whether yep. directly from an expert or indirectly through podcasts and books mm-hmm. and stuff like that. It's very pervasive. It's very good that we're all doing this. But I think if you assume that in your friendship, in your marriage, in your relationships at work, that they will be changed. It's going to be great. Like you just be like, right. Hey, I wonder where this is going. I yeah, wonder yeah, what's yeah. going to happen. I wonder yeah. how this person's going right. to meet their full potential. I when think, that's
0: a feature, not a bug.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Adam Grant yep. just wrote a book about potential. I can't remember the name of mm. it. i will have to put it in the show notes, but okay, yeah. there's this, um, you know, this idea is that we, we really don't, uh, we, we don't know how we're going to end up, but there's a, a certain kind of directionality of, of constant change that we can buy into. Yeah. So we can buy into this idea that things are going to change. And that's, right. that's the beauty of relationships. Like, I, so the first design company I ever had in my life was mm. with a friend. And the reason why it happened is I was a student at a university. I was studying biology and a friend of mine came to me and said, Hey, my brother's got a manufacturing company that makes margarine. Mm. Margarine. As some yeah. People sure. We'll let it go. And they need somebody to design the packaging mm. and, and we don't know anybody and you're an artist. Mm. I was a graphic artist, mm-hmm. like I, mm-hmm. you know, and, uh, this was pre internet as well. Mm. So you couldn't just like Google and like, Hey, right, right, and I was like, uh, okay. I've never done that before. Mm. And they were like, well, you, you're, you're kind of interesting. And, and, and there's a check involved as well. Right. And I was like, Oh, money. Right, <laughs> a right. You're the likeliest suspect and there's money. Right. right. So I ran over to my buddy's house and I said to him, look, we've got to make a thing. Mm. Like you're an architect. And so you've got like CAD and mm. back then it was Corel draw and mm-hmm. maybe yep, Photoshop yep, yep. or something yep, like that. Yep. I was like, we've got to figure this shit out. So we pulled a couple of all nighters, you know, reading, reading the manual, reading the O'Reilly book or whatever it was like, <laughs> right. You know, with the animal on the front. Yeah, to figure right. out. and we eventually like designed this 3D packaging with all the mm. graphic design and the artwork and everything. And then we kind of flattened it out and we sent it over and they were like super excited and <laughs> and we got our first check and we're like, "Wow, so that guy he was like he was I just loved him. He was so mm. smart and so mm. interesting and everything. And I was 100% convinced that he was gay, but he was not. He was not convinced okay. that he was gay." Okay. And I was like, "Oh, okay. Well, I imagine that at some point he's just going to be aware of that. Like right. he's just going to like, I mean, we were young adults. We were probably like our yeah. mid twenties. Right.
0: And I was like, oh, so this I is don't... also like the nineties
1: probably. Right. So this is like, I grew up in a super liberal household where they were like, okay. we don't give a fuck what you do. Right. Like, who cares? Like, so you're just a human being. Yeah. And I think he grew up in a household where maybe that wasn't exactly mm-hmm. the case. And so I just let it go. Mm. Anyway, it turns out I was, kind of wrong for a long time because he Mm. got married had kids and then when he was 50 years old he came out wow and i wasn't surprised at all right right i even said to my sister who knew him as well he's like oh thank god like finally like he's out like this right and the guy's life has improved dramatically right he's like he's a happier person you can just sell like in all the interactions he's Uh just like a nicer happier person yeah and so the lesson there is like Just assume that people are going to change, just assume that they are going to find the best part of who they are. Maybe something that you recognize, something that you don't recognize, something that nobody sees yet. Maybe it is something that you know that they have massive potential, a quality in them that they haven't seen yet. And I've employed people like this where they've joined and they're self-deprecating and they're unsure and shy and, and not very confident about their work. And I'm like, I think this person's gonna be amazing. But oh, I yeah. I'm not gonna force it. I'm just gonna be there. Yeah. And kind of connect with them in the way that I think is like relevant to where they are right now with yeah. this open mind of like right. Who knows what right, they right, right. could turn into. Yeah. Maybe yep. they will, maybe they won't. I don't know. But I'm gonna leave those doors open. Yeah. And then of course those people go on to like run companies. Right. One of my favorite things was we interviewed Drew Houston for a design job, and he was like, ah, I'm kind of working on this little side project, Dropbox. Like, <laughs> he invented Dropbox, and he was going to be a designer for us, and we were like, Drew, you should work for us, man. you know. And yeah. then eventually he started telling us about this idea, and we are like, no, you shouldn't work for us. Right, right, figure that shit out. If that doesn't work out, then you can. God forbid you on. work for us. Go do that. Holy crap. <laughs> <laughs> but Honestly, like who knew? It could have been yeah. a bomb. Maybe but, it didn't fly, right? But this so. is
0: the this is exactly what you talked about last week, which was identifying like things that are true, right? So like it's true that people always change. So if you embrace that truth, then you can be smart about how people always change. It mm-hmm. reminds me of like when I took over as president of Happy Cog and I wanted everybody to stay, I wanted them to like tear down the owner's manual of the company, the employee handbook. And rewrite it from scratch. So whatever it was, like a really to bind people together was the goal for them for it to feel like their fingerprints were on the company because I needed them to stay. Yeah. And. You know, the way that I started the whole thing was like, listen, everybody here has a first day and everybody here is going to have a last day. Let's just get on board with that. Like, no mm-hmm. one's going to work here forever unless you're the owner or whatever. Like, there's yeah. no chance you're going to work here your whole career. So let's just like embrace well, both even,
1: even the owner didn't say. You know what I <laughs>
0: mean? Like, and the truth of it is, that even that wasn't the case. But like, but that was like kind of like the the fairy tale of it was like, oh, I'm like. When I join here, I'm never going to like talk about leaving. I'm going to like, I have to be like a dedicated employee and be on for the mission and like, no, no, no. Like everybody leaves and that's okay. That's not, again, that's a feature, not a bug. So like, let's just make sure that like we're planning for all those things in between so that when you decide to leave, like you're leaving for great reasons and you're going to do something awesome and we're better for you leaving and you're better for you leaving. Right. I think that like the other thing I want to mention too, just as like, as an excuse to put it in the liner notes as something that should be referenced. Like when you're so much of what you're talking about reminds me of the profound impact seeing the Barbie movie had on me two weeks ago. Mm -hmm. Like, have you seen the Barbie movie yet? No, not yet. I cannot recommend it enough. Oh, okay. I cannot recommend it. enough. It is shocking in its impact as a Barbie movie. It is fascinating. Like just really thoughtful about, it's 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 equal parts terrifying, too, because it's like, Jesus Christ, like, this is so true that men behave this way. And like, there's, there's my favorite weird little scene of the whole thing is in the Barbie universe where everything is like fair hmm. and balanced hmm. and like just the way like it should be. There's a woman who receives an award. She's like, thank you. I deserve this. It was like. Like didn't quite get it then, but then later they show somebody accepting an award, a woman accepting award is like, oh, I can't believe this, I, I don't deserve this. Like that was like the posture yeah. that was like, holy shit! Like that yeah. first example where the woman gets up, and like, thank you, I worked really hard, I deserve this. It's like such a healthy way to behave in the world. But again, right. it just again all all of the the soft just to bring that back to the points you're making around like gentle leaders and soft influence and all those things. Like I do think that the Barbie movie could be like a chapter in your book, because there's just so much baked into the. Well, I mean, like, as a,
1: as a, as a co-reader, you know, a person who can get in there and, and, and see what's yeah. going on in the book, feel free to go in there and just be like, mark it up. of like, Hey, okay. quote go. from Barbie. Yeah, <laughs> reference to Barbie. Yeah, totally. I mean, I'll put
0: like a little Barbie sticker on it when I can like make a Barbie point <laughs> that makes sense. Like well, I, it is actually like, I'd and love you to be the, not uh, for nothing. Like yeah. when we watched my, my, Wife and daughter went to see it when it was in theaters. I guess it was like last summer. I forget when it came out. Gwen and Nina went to go see it. Nina watched me watch this movie. I watched her watch me watch this movie. Like my 13 year old daughter. She watched me watch this movie. Like this was like very, it was like a thing, man. Like I don't think, I think you. I would struggle to describe the quiet importance of this goddamn movie. And it's, and it, on top of all that, it's hilarious. Like it is just genuinely really funny. But yeah, I will. I'll I'll be the the Barbie whisperer when I can find well, points. More book. than just the Barbie whisperer,
1: I actually, you know, because you've already mentioned, you know, National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. <laughs> right. If you could just get in there and, and put yeah. a whole bunch of like, you know, uh, pop references, to funny yeah. movies, that would be great. That, that, that is that be my love great. language. So, <laughs> well, yeah. I know there was actually who <laughs> was I listening to? Somebody was like saying, "Oh, there was this woman who's really good at impressions, and she was saying mm. her family grew up." Having conversations where the words that they used were really just lines from movies.
0: Oh, God. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Okay. I can so, yeah. so, yeah. So, my son and his girlfriend, my 21 year old and his girlfriend, do that all the time. They basically yeah. just talk to each other using, because they've got right. a photographic memory. Yeah. I don't, I and they don't have, have like that, a shared
0: but... omnibus of references that they both get. Yeah.
1: They're the kind of people you like listen to a song and then they know all the lyrics. Mm. I, I, mm. Nah, my favorite song movie. in the whole world, I still don't know all the lyrics. Like that's mm. just how my yeah. brain works. And so they remember every line of every movie and then yeah. they talk to each other and it's hysterical because not only do they use the lines, but they use the voices. The oh rhythm. God, and, that's and next and level. Listening to them is hysterical. <laughs> it's just, it's... I yeah. love that. One cool. line and one line, yeah.
0: So good. No, that's definitely my speed. That's definitely like...
1: Oh yeah, you love them. We should, we should get them all together. You oh yeah. yeah, that's definitely
0: part of the Renaldi love. And like, and my poor wife, does not do this and like just sits there with a bemused look on her face or is rolling her eyes about like what ding-dongs the other the four of us tend to be like she's just sitting there like Geez.
1: well everybody needs an audience but like oh, totally oh, my as well god and, you know.
0: that is her that is her fucking crucible is that yeah. she is she's locked into being our captive audience this poor yeah. woman like yeah. every night at dinner it's just like it's it, they're all like capering for her attention all all of us me included we're all like trying to like win the approval of of gwen who is the audience this poor poor who just wants to eat dinner like she just wants to eat dinner and like turn you know consume calories and it's just this yeah it is just a whole goddamn mess all right i think that's a good place for we're at we we need to wrap up because we have to get out of here and get back to uh preparing for our long weekend
1: that we so, you know, justly deserve. Yeah, important time with our families. yeah,
0: That's right. Well, you said this last time, I'm going to beat you to the punch. I'm thankful for you again. I want to restate that. I'm thankful for these conversations we're having, the time we're spending together. This has all been, you know, a wonderful part of this fall for me. So I'm excited to to continue this into the new year. But I just want to say that I'm thankful for our time together.
1: Well, I'm really grateful for two things. One is that uh, you emailed me all those years ago inviting me to own a cab. Um lovely. And at first I was like, this has got to be spam. But <laughs> <laughs> this has to be a mistake.
2: <laughs> but
1: I'm glad it wasn't. Mm-hmm. And then the second thing I want to add to that is in the book that I'm writing, there is this I'm finding ridiculous amounts of research that shows that there is a massive correlation between people who are regularly grateful, like two or three times a day kind of grateful. Mm. Um Versus people who are either not grateful or who are like complaining, right? There's a and happiness and like joy at the office and, and just general things is because here's the weird thing: your brain starts to think in gratitude. It starts to filter the world through the lens of gratitude. It becomes hmm. like a like an app that's always on, that's running in the background. Hmm. It's like what, what are we what are we looking for? That's cool. And so your observational skills for what's good in the world improve. How about that? Now. Holy shit. Well, that's
0: amazing. I mean, I, I love that because that is hopefully something I can self-identify with. I get on board with that. Like I am somebody that overdoes it sometimes with gratitude, but that's amazing to understand that it has a measurable impact on that too. That's not bad. Yeah. That's awesome. All right. Yeah. Well, that was, that was the right way to wrap this up. Well done. Was, yeah. Yeah. Good,
1: good Thanksgiving. Hope it's
0: wonderful. You too. All Cheers right. Now. Bye.